So, uh, I thought Tim and Tara killed it, didn't they? Wow, that was fantastic. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't tell them to say one thing that they said, and everything was, it was just beautiful and perfect. And we're emphasizing uh, life groups and community today, uh, as you can tell. Uh, and Peter asked me to do that because I'm the pastor of Community Life, but also uh, because we want to just periodically invite you and say, this is really good. Um, it, come and enjoy. And so uh, today, for, today, I decided to do um, sort of part life group and part sermon in, um, in the way that I'm talking to you today. And so the, the, the part that's life group is um, that I'm going to invite your participation throughout. That it, We're going to pretend that this is a life group that is doing a little study from the, from the Bible together. Um, obviously, different life groups um, do different things, and there's no actually wrong answer. It's, um, so, but today, we're going to pretend that we are a big life group, and uh, that you're all really interested and really participating. And so, uh, in this little passage of scripture that we're going to come back to throughout uh, this, this time. So, um, pray with me if you would. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm on a lot of mucinex. Um, I, <laughs> I think we're just going to move forward. Um, and if you would, um, read together this passage with me uh, and out loud all together. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this paragraph starts out with a priest joke, uh, not like a priest and a rabbi walk in a bar, uh, but more like a shocking, laughable idea for any Levitical priest, the thought of having confidence to enter the holy place. I can imagine a priest shaking his head and saying, Pah, how can you not have fear? The one time a year you're allowed to enter the holy of holies to sacrifice an offering, you have to tie a scarlet cord around your ankle. Why, you ask? Because there's always the chance that God will strike you dead while you're inside that curtain and your corpse would have to be dragged out by your ankle. So, confidence to enter the holy place? Oy vey. Uh, that's funny. That's impossible. But that's the old dead way. And the good news is that we have a great priest over the house of God who gives us a new and living way to experience life, a way the old priest couldn't even imagine. 
We remember this every time we come and receive the body and blood of Jesus, and we, and we hear over and over, uh, blood of Jesus poured out for you, body of Christ broken for you, his flesh torn like bread, ripped open like the temple curtain, his sacrifice opening full access to God. Mark records in the gospel, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So this new and living way is inextricably linked to the body and blood of Jesus. One of my favorite patients I ever took care of when I was a hospice chaplain was a woman named Susie. Susie was Wiccan, but she was willing to talk about Jesus. Susie had a painful past with all sorts of abuse in her wake. Eventually, the reason she became a Christian, she told me, was because she had a vision of God while she was sitting on the toilet. True. In her vision, as she's sitting there, um, she saw herself completely covered, thickly covered with the blood of Jesus from head to toe. And while that could sound disturbing, she found immense relief in this. She described to me that as she sat there drenched in blood, it was the first time ever that she felt really, really clean. And what Susie, that revelation that she had, it's true for us as well. Because of the power and the blood of Jesus, our hearts and our bodies are completely clean. So when we look at this passage uh, that, that we're going through in Hebrews, um, it's interesting to see there's a momentum that's going on. There's, there's almost like a cause and effect happening because two times it says since, since, and then it says since let us, let us, let us, three times. Uh, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, then let us live in this new living way. Commentators point out that faith, hope, and love are all three displayed in this passage. I got, the nerd in me got excited um, when I saw that. I was like, oh, faith, hope, and love. That's what, it, that's what it tells us in Corinthians. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I, I thought, oh, isn't this beautiful that these are tucked into um, this passage, faith, hope, love. The reason it was exciting because I thought that's what the whole new living way is about. So whenever you see the new living way, you're going to see faith, you're going to see hope, you're going to see love. And we're invited to live these out, to live these um, in these lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. And in fact, you can see, uh, maybe you can notice since we're in a life group together, um, what do you see as the first invitation um, for us to do? Ah, who, point for Georgia. Okay. Uh, good. Let, let, us, let us draw near to God. Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. The final sacrifice has been made and the curtain has been decisively torn. So come near, come enjoy the presence of God. This, 
uh, closely connects to a verse in James that, that I think of that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Notice again, the drawing near to God is linked with being cleansed and pure. If it were not for the cleansing blood of Jesus, we could never presume to draw near to God. And drawing near to God is what we all actually long for, whether we realize it or not. It's the ultimate privilege and the ultimate joy. Years ago, in a class that Frances taught, she gave a concept that stuck with me for years. The concept is that in, in any relationship, uh, in any relationship, every little action that we do is either moving a little bit towards someone or a little bit away from them. There's so many small little ways um, that we can take a little step toward or a little step by looks and gestures and attitudes. Now, don't get me wrong, in my relationship with God, my movement toward or away from Him doesn't change the fact that I'm His and He's mine, no matter what. However, intimacy includes intentionality. If it were automatic, we wouldn't be invited with this, let us, let us draw near. And there are so many, there's a cornucopia of ways to draw near to God. There are lots of different ways. One way is, is life groups, like we're talking about. One way is just coming here this morning to worship together. But this verse does tell us it's not about a location, it's about our hearts. It says, draw near with a true heart, with a sincere heart. And we also draw near in full assurance of faith. In the next chapter, Hebrews 11 tells us, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we need to believe that God is really there even though we can't see him. And that drawing near and seeking him will actually be rewarding. The faith we exercise in taking small steps to draw near to God is worth it. It's worth it. After we consider that in our lives and we, um, we consider, all right, great, draw near. I, I, I want to draw near to God. Um, and think of all the ways that we can do that. After we draw near in this passage, there's a second invitation. Do you see it? Was that from this side? Oh, who said it? All right. Sir, I don't even know your name. Jim. I'm very good, Jim. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the life group. <laughs> Did she whisper it to you? <laughs> all right. That's all right. That's all right. It's all good. He's already confessing. Yes. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. What do you think it means by confession? What's our confession? Oh, Todd, right there. Todd Priestley. Two from the Priestley family, by the way. Uh, so, um, yes, that means something. Uh, our confession 
uh, is... It's not that right here, it's not talking about confessing our sins. It's talking about confessing our hope, our hope and our belief that Jesus is Lord. In fact, uh, it says in Romans 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. William Lane writes that throughout the book of Hebrews, the term hope always describes the objective content of hope, consisting of present and future salvation. Peter, our pastor, uh, reminds us over and over um, that even the name of Jesus means salvation. We're told to hold fast to this confession of hope without wavering, but that's easier said than done. There are plenty of things in life that make our hope waver. How about for you guys? What makes your hope waver? Life group. <laughs> bad news. Bad news. Yeah, bad news. Turn on the, turn on the TV any night to get bad news. <laughs> that can make your hope waver. What else were you going to say, Joe? And would you introduce me to your wife here? Yes, she's from Berkeley. <laughs> Lori and Jim, awesome. Been married 53 years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's awesome. What were you going to say, Jim? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got it. have been married too long. <laughs> and we were talking about what makes your hope waver. What makes things, what makes it hard to hold fast to your, to your hope? My ego. Ah. Feeling um, empty. The, uh, yeah, my ego. Um, that's absolutely the truth. I think, oh, wait a minute. Have I listened to Peter? Um, I think that I'm Misa's instead of Jesus, right? Right? That I think that I saved me instead of that he saves me. That's part of my ego. But it's, when life is hard, it's easy to ask the question, does the Lord really see what I'm going through? Is the Lord really saving me? In the middle of what I'm dealing with, is the Lord really, has he saved me? Is he saving me? Will he save me? But this passage tells us we have the strongest possible reason to hope. Do you see the reason? Uh, oh, Lynn, was that you? Um, what does the passage say? What is the little... Yes, for he who promised is faithful. That's, that is important to go back to that. It's, what, it's who is behind the promises. Um, God is faithful. And there, there is something there about he who promised is faithful. I think it's really powerful uh, to remind ourselves that God is faithful by rehearsing his promises from Scripture. Um, we don't read the Bible just um, at, to outwardly conform to what we're expected to do as Christians. Um, there's life in the Bible. And there, there is it, these promises that we rehearse to ourselves as we remember, remember these promises, agree with them. Our hope is buoyed. We can write them and speak them and keep them on our mind and continually preach to ourselves um, these scriptures and remember that the one who promised is faithful. I love the message paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. It says, in fact, you're going to love this. Um, 
this is so good. I think you need to read it out loud with me. Ready? Uh, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with a yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Woo. Wow, that's right. Uh, if this were maybe a different culture of group, it wouldn't be so quiet out there after that. There'd be a few more wows, a few more amens, because this is, this is glorious. God has put his yes in us, and then his yes and our yes come together. I mean, that's awesome. So, <clears throat> so the important thing to focus on is the one who made the promises, but also what are the promises? I wanna know if you're thinking about, let's say your hope is wavering, what are some of uh, the promises that you hold on to that keep you from wavering? What are some of the promises from scripture that are some of your favorites? Your turn. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Okay, so if you're still, it, when, when you're still, you believe, do you really believe that he is God, not you, Sandy? I try to, yes. Oh, yes, yes. okay, good. What's another, what's another favorite promise? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never, Javier, will he really never leave you nor forsake you? What? Ah, yes, I heard that, yes. Uh, What's another favorite promise? God is love. God is love. Is he, though, is he really? Well, I gotta hang out, too. Is he, Lynn? What was that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah. yes. Any other promises that come to your mind? Amen. Bill, do you think God actually has a plan for you and for Christy? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he totally took yours, Christy. <laughs> uh, well, here's the beautiful thing. Um, what I was doing, I don't like to play the um, devil's advocate. I don't like to play the devil ever. Um, I don't like to give him any space or really any airtime. Uh, but do you recognize um, there's something that happened all the way back in the garden um, with, with Adam and Eve, uh, well, with Eve specifically, um, when, when he said to her, really? Did God really say that? Is that really true? God says something, and then there's this little question mark, and that little question mark still continues to this day. There's still a little voice in our heads, I think, that say, oh, maybe, I hope so. I, I'm not quite sure. Um, and, but God is telling us, hey, you know what? With my promises, I have put a yes, and I've stamped a yes on every one of those. Not a maybe, but a, a, an affirmative, a strong affirmative like Bill gave over there. So uh, I think there's really something powerful about a yes. 
Last week I was talking to Mark Nicholson and um, <clears throat> he told me about a speaker that he listened to recently who prayed a little prayer. It was just a tiny prayer, so small that even I can remember it. Uh, the prayer was, yes, thank you. And he talked about how sometimes he feels a sense of resistance to God in different ways. He feels a sense of resisting God at, over different things. And then he thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to come back to this prayer. Yes, thank you. And uh, for some reason that really hit me as profound. Um, <clears throat> and I, I thought, look at what that prayer opens up. Yes, Lord to whatever you have for me today. Yes, Lord, to whatever things I haven't planned. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you will do. So I've started plugging this baby in. I think this is gonna be in my tool belt of prayers. Um, yes, thank you. There's one more invitation in this passage uh, that I want us to notice. Uh, do you see it? Take your time, I've got all day. <laughs> what was that? Uh, yeah, Wills. So, uh, so tell me what the lettuce is. Stir up. Lettuce, uh, before stir up, before stir up. Okay, let us consider and stir up what? What's that? Yeah, stir up one another to, and um, so, that's right. That's a whole big uh, phrase there. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Uh, Peter said something funny before, before the service. He was, I was asking him to mention some of these serving opportunities. And he, was, he said, why, why? Why are we doing this? And, um, and I said, well, because it's... An opportunity. It's an opportunity for love and good works. And that's what the new living way is all about. Love and good works. But I think it's also interesting that this passage doesn't just say love one another. I mean, it says that in other places in the scripture. This says something else. It says, let us consider. Uh, let us, the Greek word here means to observe fully and discover. So it's almost like you're kind of looking back you're looking back and saying, wow, look at this group. I wonder what, what would stimulate an environment of love and good works. I wonder what would really uh, arouse and allow to flourish and bloom love and good works in this community. And in fact, uh, this, it, it can't be done from a distance. You know, we have to meet together to, and encourage each other. Um, in fact, earlier in Hebrews, we're told to encourage each other how often? Who said that? Ah, yes, daily. I think, really, daily? That's pretty often. Encourage each other daily. Am I really that weak? Is life really that hard? And I think yes to both. I need encouragement daily. Uh, and so this is, but part of that is being together. Part of this is written in the negative. It says not neglecting to meet together. Uh, if I 
thinking of the word neglect, let's say if I neglect to exercise, um, what's the opposite of neglect in that type of context? I can neglect to exercise or I can what? I can, oh, okay, that's good. I like that purpose, purpose to exercise. Um, it, it's that I can commit to exercise. But that's, that's what is that? Persevere, Persevere absolutely. Um, so the idea is we don't want to neglect to meet together. We want to persevere. We want to purpose. We want to commit to do that. Um, and with, with other followers of Jesus. And I, you know, it's saying this, and I mean, that's what we're talking about today, but what's the big deal about it? Why, in the context of this passage, why do you think it's so important to meet together? Definitely, definitely to encourage each other. Um, John, right? I should have known that. Sorry about that, Robert. Uh, <clears throat> It, Robert says it's to encourage each other, and what else? We're the temple. Sure, we're the temple. We are the house of God. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, uh, so this is. We are the house of God. God is love, like, like Lynn said, um, and so we want these opportunities to come out where where we ha we show love and good works in the context of being together. Uh, <clears throat> so, as you consider these life groups, as, we, as I was really inspired by what Tim and Tara said, if you do feel like, okay, great, you've got me, Kathleen, I, 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 uncle, you know, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do it, I, I'm ready for a life group. Um, I really don't want it to be pressure, I want it to be a beautiful invitation. I want it to be an example to say, look at how sweet this is. Um, but if you do feel like you're longing for that kind of deeper connection, uh, um, please stop by the Connect Center down at the bottom of these stairs and sign up. There's a sign up there for you. Or talk to me at, to brainstorm about what you might want for you specifically. Um, this Sunday or any Sunday you can sign up down there. Uh, but I would love to brainstorm and help you find a group or help you start a group. Um, so consider that and pray about that after this, after this service today. I was thinking about why we can get into habits of not meeting together. I have my reasons. Um, I've had different reasons over the, over the years. Um, there are many times that I've told myself, um, I'm too busy. You know, I, I have too many things going on. Or I also sometimes have some trust issues because of hurts in my past, and I think, ah, oh, it's a little bit safer to keep people right out here. And so uh, there can be a lot of reasons that we can get in the habit of not. Sometimes there's just a drift toward isolation that we might not even notice. But I really believe that there's an undercurrent of misery if we stay in isolation for too long. This summer on uh, our family beach vacation, my precious 11-year-old niece, Sienna, she, uh, she misbehaved and she was reprimanded. After the correction, I watched this fascinating drama unfold. Sienna, uh, without being told to do this, um, she picked up her beach towel 
and she walked away from the family. She moved, not too far away, but away enough. She moved her beach towel over here, set it down. She sat down in a heap, and she was miserable looking, her little face, and she shot over woeful looks to the rest of us, like my life, my life is so hard, and I'm here by myself. So she was sulking and looking over at us, and, and of course, you know, when, when somebody else in the family, when somebody else's kid is getting reprimanded by their parent, you know, you have to step out of it. But, but uh, so I didn't say a word, but I'm watching this, and, and her mom, my sister-in-law, Adrian, she let it go on for a little bit, let her sit over there by herself, um, and uh, finally she went over to her and said, and said, honey, you need to come back to the family and come back and join us. And so she came back over a little reluctantly. She sat down moping a little bit, um, but eventually we coaxed her into enjoying us again, being back in our community again. We didn't send her away. She didn't need to be alone. And I wish you could have seen a picture of her precious little face, um, just completely in misery. And actually, it sounds a little funny, but when I was watching, my heart was breaking. I thought, oh, honey, we love you. Come back. Come back, Sienna. And I really think on a grander scale that that's how God feels. That I think he looks at us and says, oh, you don't need to be alone. You don't need to take your little beach towel over there and be a little island off on your own and trying to do things all on your, just by yourself. Uh, I believe that he invites us, the whole reason for him inviting us saying, look, there's this new living way. You can experience it and you can experience it together. You can, you can, Draw near to God together in faith. You can hold fast to your confession in hope together. You can stir each other to love together. And so there's this heart of God behind this that doesn't want to see us on our separate beach towels and miserable. Now, there's this invitation that goes out to us. You saw invitation after invitation, and we don't have to respond to these invitations. We can resist uh, we, can, we can say no. In fact, I was noticing last week that Paul Young said that we can say no to God, but I feel like why would we? Why would we resist that? It's so sweet. It's so good. It's, it's um, the good plan that he has created for us. I was, as I was preparing this, and I was thinking about how sometimes I resist you know, what God is telling me to do, and sometimes I, you know, I don't want to hear it, and I get defensive or push back, and, um, but then, I don't know if you've ever had a song that's not really supposed to be a worship song um, turn into one, um, but I, I doubt if REO thought that this would be a worship song, um, but do you remember the, the ballad that says, and I can't fight this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I've started fighting for. It's time to bring this ship into the shore and throw away the oars forever. <laughs> hey, I, I was kind of picturing that you'd all kind of join me, you know, but... Um, <laughs> You really left me hanging out there. Thanks for that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, 
I, I felt like that, I, I sang that as a chorus of surrender, you know? I sang that as a, as a big yes to God. And as we prepare our hearts to respond to Christ's ultimate invitation at the cross, uh, I, I wanna share an inspiring quote, not quite as inspiring as REO, but uh, it's by Oliver Green, and he writes, Christ's one sacrifice was so majestic, so excellent, so infinitely pure, complete, and satisfying that it is unnecessary and entirely futile for any other sacrifice to be suggested or offered for sin. The sin question is eternally settled in Jesus. There are not enough words in all the languages of all the world to do justice in describing the completeness of his mission on earth. Mm, amen. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, that you are the great priest over the house of God and that you gave the final perfect sacrifice so we could be forgiven and clean. We remember your body broken for us and your blood poured out for us. And Lord, to this new living way, we say yes and thank you. So, amen. We uh, were singing that song uh, beforehand um, that Vince was leading us in. Um, I'm a child of God, yes I am. I'm a child of God, yes I am. And so as you come forward and you tear off a piece of the bread um, and dip it into the cup, uh, just remember, just to have a little yes in your heart and remember I'm a child of God, yes Yes, I am. Uh, the dark cups are wine and the light cups are juice. Um, come forward and say yes to Christ again and again. Amen. Good music. <sighs> So this week, uh, I have a girlfriend, Debbie, my college roommate, who's coming to visit me, she and her husband, and uh, we were texting about different things, and, um, and I haven't seen her in about a year, and uh, so, so I sent her, we were both excited to see each other, and, and I sent her a little meme, uh, or video, or whatever you'd call it, I think it's a meme, of a little kid going like this, yes. Um, just like, you know, you've seen people do that, you know? I mean, at a, uh, maybe you do it. I mean, it's not just little kids. People, when something exciting happens, you know, they, they do that, you know? And uh, so I was thinking about that. I didn't do it on purpose with, with this message, but I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about is this yes to God, to this new living way, this yes in our spirits, to faith, to hope, to love. 
uh, this yes to being together and encouraging each other, this, just this yes to all the surprises that God has for me today and this week. And so I thought as we leave this place, um, and I love that, that message paraphrase thing that talks about God, how he puts his yes in us, and how our yes and God's yes together is glorious. And so I thought we could leave today um, with a glorious yes. Are you ready? Um, one, two, three, yes! <laughs> Amen. <laughs>